Welcome back, everybody, to another edition Three in the Key podcast. With you, as always, your host, Shane, my John and Brendan. Brendan, how was your uh, your last week, my man? Week's been good. Um, you know, holiday party season, so I enjoyed some of that. And I was actually in Costa Rica last weekend, so uh, that was my first time getting down there. Beautiful weather, you know, uh, nice time. We were down there for a wedding. Uh, but definitely recommend getting down there if you have a, have a chance. But so far, so good. John, how are you doing? Uh, all good here. Bit hungover after the uh, holiday parties yesterday, but fighting through it. Uh, happy to be here, refreshed, revived, talking to the fellas about hoops. So, see how it goes. Shane Train, how you doing? Yeah, I'm uh, what we in the biz refer to as a hurt bird as well. Uh, <laughs> from a holiday party last night, uh, it was a lot of fun out in the city. Stayed out too late. Uh, work today it's a friday for uh all those all of our listeners um and uh just excited to dive into uh to what's going on in the nba and and you know i know we have a couple of things to to talk about so john uh i you had something that you wanted to bring up right yeah so uh, i'm sure you guys saw it in the warriors game uh, earlier this week, Steph Curry gets called for a carry. Uh, Pacers come back. The guy carries on the Pacers, doesn't get called, drills a three to win the game. Steph Curry was not pleased. Uh, and one of your superstars starts calling it out. Obviously, the league will take a look at it, but um, it's gotten the attention of the media, and I figured we could just try to speak on it and see what we all think about traveling carries obviously the nba has always been pretty egregious but it seems like they're trying to crack down on it now so um maybe we have a debate and see how we feel about it one way or the other whether cracking down is the right call if it gets takes away from the offense too much that the nba seems to like because points equals views but i don't know what do you guys think did you happen to see that or am i just speaking gibberish I definitely saw some of that, and um, there's also a video that has gone viral uh, of John ja Morant clips, and how he not only like like gets his hand under the ball, but will also take two to three steps between dribbles. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like pretty amazing. So I think um, you know I, I'm a little on the fence, and maybe by the end of this conversation, I'll I'll be a little more definitive. But it's it's like there are egregious. Uh, you know, egregious carries that should be stopped, uh, like similar to those Morant ones that were highlighted in the video. Um, but then, you know, I feel like after I saw that video and after the calls in the, the Warriors game, I started kind of paying more attention to it, and everyone does it. And the first thing that stood out to me was um, I was watching the Knicks game. Jalen Brunson, he, I think he does it every single time he dribbles the ball. He just, like – he like picks it up with his yeah. hand underneath the ball. Quickly so, bad uh, too. Yeah, so I don't know. What, what do you think, Shane? Um, I I'm with the NBA on this. I think, you know, we need to get rid of the carry. Like it, it's kind of it's egregious mishandling of the ball. The rules for the NBA are, you know, 
a player in control of a uh, dribble shall not lift the ball up above a certain area or carry it from one point to another. Uh, so I, I like what the NBA is doing. Let's go, Adam Silver. So just quickly, over the first month of the season in October, there wasn't a single carrying violation call made and only six palming calls. There were then 44 carries called in November and 57 palming violations. All of last season, there were only 43 carry calls. So in the month of November, they called as many carries as they did for the entire year last year. So they're actually like cracking down pretty aggressively. Um, and I'm torn. I mean, it's tough because like Brendan said, right, everybody does it. So these guys learn to play the game playing that way, dribbling that way. Is it I, – I, I don't know. I'm very torn because growing up, I always hated it. But now if everybody's doing it, it's kind of hard to take it away. And if you start calling it on some guys and not on other guys, then it becomes this kind of thing where the NFL got into, right, with like – what's pass interference, what's not pass interference. You don't want the NBA to get into that where every little call is getting challenged, right? So I don't know. I, I think they kind of got to let it play through. And Well, and, and to what you're saying about being consistent, I think it, like you get inconsistency when the rule changes, I don't want to say the middle of the season, but after the season started. Yeah. So it seems like they, they weren't calling it in October. They start in November, and they call more than they had all last year. It's like, do you give the players enough time to adjust? Like, I, I right. think th- these are the type of things you have to you have to do it right, and you do it at the end of the year for the next season, or even this season you you announce it, and next season we're going to call it more more strictly. So that that's tough right now. I have a question though. Do we think, John? You you make a good point. Do we think that this is a gambling thing, like with DraftKings and all of these, uh... just because? This would bring the unders and, you know, the scoring, lack of scoring. It kind of messes up the momentum of the game, not scoring as much baskets. Is this, could this be a Vegas thing? That is very interesting to look at. I, I'm sure you can get numbers on, like, how many overs are hitting. Uh, that would be, that would be cool to see. If- it makes sense, too, because when we were looking at the, the points per game for teams, the fewest points per game this year is 107.4. And the most is 120. I don't remember ever in our lifetime, like that, those type of points being put up. So I would bet if we were able to get the Vegas numbers, the overs are hitting. I don't know if this is necessarily immediately attached to that, but it, it, it is an interesting um, thing to point out. There's a connection there. Yeah. I mean, it also just, I mean, we all grew up watching the 90s Knicks, right? So maybe we're a little too young to fully appreciate them. But we're predicated on defense, right? Like this hopefully is going to bring back a little bit of culture of defense. That's a good and guys, guys jumping through the lane, doing the Euro step, taking four steps. It's impossible to stop that, right? So like, I don't know. Part of me is excited to see the crackdown and get back to a little defensive ball, but. It's like, like Brendan said, it's hard to do a midseason and not give these guys a chance to fully adjust because they've been playing that way for seemingly 20 years now, right? Yeah, I think that's another thing. It's like, I think we're so used to it that it's hard to imagine the NBA without it. But then again, like these guys are so good right now. There's more talent in the NBA right now than there was, you know, probably any time ever. Um, And do they need to carry to be good? 
I, I think it would be interesting to see them. You know, I feel like every time these extremely extreme athletes, if they're given a challenge, they live up to it and they find a new creative way to make the game, you know, like better. So, I mean, I think it's worth it. I wish they did it in the off season, but I, I do think it's, it's a, uh, it's a good move. It gives the defense a chance and it gives the offense, you know, uh, another chance to evolve instead of just kind of rely on a, a cheap trick. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I can't wait to kind of, uh, to see what happens and uh, you know, as, as the season progresses, are we going to see lower scores and, and, and things like that? Uh, I mean, you already kind of have, right? Like, yeah. look at the, I mean, I know the Knicks are great at defense and I don't want to just keep talking about the Knicks, but like uh, they haven't been good at defense all year. And then the last two games in December, they hold opponents to under 90 points in both games. Right. Does that play a part? I don't know. Is it Quentin Grimes? Maybe, but Ooh, grimy. <laughs> um well and thinking of this now it kind of uh I, i'm just very curious to see john like what the december numbers are is it going to continue to go up is january like do we think that this goes till the all-star break and then the right. playoffs happen like what do you guys think is going to happen in the playoffs with stuff like this the game slows down in the playoffs yeah and every possession is super meaningful well, that's the thing, right? I don't know about anybody complaining about it until Curry just did, right? Now that Curry's spoken up on it, does that what? It, how does the league respond now? Do they keep doing it or do they ease up again? I think the the worst case scenario is if they just keep calling it inconsistently. Like if one player gets to do it, the other player doesn't. I think if they're able to call it consistently and get that down by All Star break, then I think they'll then I think they'll uh, be able to keep doing the second half. But I think if there's complaints, they'll hear about it All Star Weekend when they all get together. They they'll they'll be able to figure out if it's too big of a problem, and they have to uh, and they have to go back for now. Yeah, that's a good barometer. All Star Weekend, I like that. Who do you think they'll get to do the uh, dribbling instruction video to show all the players how you're supposed to dribble? Probably Udonis Haslam, <laughs> Taj Gibson. Yeah, just a couple of those guys. Some, the guys with yeah. the least travels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, they don't carry. They don't get the ball enough to dribble. But they, Udonis Haslam played three minutes all last year and got kicked out for trying to fight Dwight Howard. <laughs> Great He's played guy. a little more this – he's played a little more. I think just while we're on the topic of, of rule changes, quickly, um, I love the rule change with no take fouls. I think that's made the game so much better to watch. And, you know, we already love the game, but I think now for people that are, you know, less, uh, you know, less obsessed with the NBA, it's, it's not stopping so often. There are more, you know, highlight dunks going at the end of a breakaway instead of just a foul. And that's boring to watch. So, yeah. um, you know, got to give some, some shout out to at least some rule changes that are making the game better. So. Yeah. yeah more exciting. Agree. Um, cool. Well, it's an interesting topic. We'll stay on top of it, but uh, curious to get your guys' take on it. So that was all good. What do you guys have in store next? Are we going to move on, talk about our pet teams? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's dive in. You know, some of our pet teams are doing really well, and uh, some are really not. And it looks like some of our pet teams are tanking for the Wembenyana 
uh, you know, sweepstakes. And for people who hasn't lis- listened to our podcast before, what are te- pet teams? Pet teams are, we're all Knicks fans. We adopt a team each season that didn't make the playoffs uh, the season before and root for them and watch them pretty much all season to, you know, see if, uh, you know, we, we pick a diamond in the rough. Uh, it looks like Brendan and I have picked some uh, fool's gold teams <laughs> and John, uh, you know, did pretty well, but I'll just start off. I got the Houston Rockets. Um, they're, you know, nine and a half games back from first place. They're last place in the Western Conference. There's seven wins, 18 losses, um, but they're four and six in their last 10. So, hey. We're trending upwards. Uh, the one thing, you know, in terms of the Rockets, their main issue is defense. They're one of the worst defensive um, teams in the league. They allow their opponents to, especially from three, shoot 37%, which is uh, pretty high. And then their field goal percentage is some of the worst in the league. And, and that has to do with having young guards who have green lights, Jalen Green, um, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, shoot a lot. Now they're averaging Jalen Green's averaging twenty one a game. Kevin Porter Jr. is averaging nineteen, but they're just not shooting efficiently, and uh, that's one of the things. Like you know, it's you hope next year that they draft well and maybe they break up this backcourt, trade Kevin Porter Jr. or somebody. Uh, to try and uh, to bring somebody in that that makes sense for this team. Uh, Alperin Seguin uh, has been good as a he just can't play defense, but he's been a solid rebounding center this year, and he looks like a, a potential piece. They're they're weak on the wing and they're weak with defense, so that's that's kind of the uh, issue. But Brendan, how's your pet team doing? Well, wait, before we move on, I'm just interested when I think of uh, the Rockets, like, you know, they are young. Who, who, if you were the GM, who are three players that you're keeping, you know, you would sign right now for five years? Like, who, who, who are you building around? Well, there's a lot of young players in there. I feel like there's, there's competition, and um, I think there's going to be some tough decisions that they have to make. Well, their first-round pick was Jabari Smith, so you, you're – you have him, and he's averaging, you know, twelve point seven rebounds. I I think that he's he's a piece. I like him. I think he's a good player. Uh, Alperin uh, Sangoon is is good, man. He's so that's kind of you know he's averaging fifteen and nine. So he's somebody that I want to build around. And then Jalen Green, I think, is a potential future All Star. So those would be the three. I, I don't. Do you guys have any any thoughts on uh, who you would build around? I like that question. One one person that I, I'm interested in, but I haven't seen enough of, um, is Tari Eason, right? I think he I think he's a rookie um, wing player, and I know that you were saying they might need some wings. So I think he could maybe slot into that that three, the small forward position, maybe between Jabari and Jalen. And then Shangun in the five, if, if I mean that, that's pretty solid. If they were able to uh, to get that together, and I don't know, I, I feel like he's maybe just come on as of late, 
But if, if he turns into something, you know, he doesn't have even that much pressure on him because of the guys around him that have a little more pressure to develop. So if he can even become like a Trevor Ariza type, I think that could that could be a great addition. Yeah, he yeah. is a nice player. John, what do you think? I like Jalen Green. I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, I would like to see him to get his three-point percent up, but uh, I think he's the future of the franchise for them. So they got to try to build around him. Yeah, he uh, he's got he's got a swagger to him too that I that I really like. Like he's not scared of anybody. He right. thinks that uh, he's you know top dog out there, and he's the best player in the world. And like guys with irrational confidence like that are are my kind of people. Yeah, is he looking any bigger? I know like he was pretty thin last year. I haven't um, I haven't really got to see too much of the Rockets, but. He, uh, if he fills out, then, I mean, I think he's going to become definitely a dangerous scorer. Yeah, he's one – so he's 6'4", 186. But he's also somebody – like, if he were to get up to 200 without being too muscular and, like, that it would hurt his shot or, or something. But I think that would be, like, a goal for him to put on – or even putting on 10 pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm then he's just going to be bouncing off people. I haven't watched too much of them either, but to, to him and um, what's the other, what's the point guard's name? Porter, Porter Kevin, Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, do they play well together or no? It's kind of like ISO ball. It's like, it's your turn, my turn type hmm. thing. Like do you think they'd end up trading one or the other? Yeah, they'll trade Kevin Porter. Kevin Porter Jr. makes the most sense to trade. Like Jalen Green was the, number two overall pick last year. Like, you also have to look at pedigree. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. ran himself out of Cleveland, has kind of done, I think, pretty well in terms of, like, he strikes me as a guy, like, he's on a playoff team. He's an off-the-bench, um, like, Vinny Microwave Johnson or, or, like, Eddie House. Like, like instant offense, and he can pass a little bit. And, like, I think that would be a better fit for him. I just don't think that – I think he wants to start. So, that could be tough. Uh, I don't know if he would embrace that role. But that's the role I kind of see him as, like, a Wu Williams. Not as good as shooter, but, like, instant offense off the bench, throws everybody off, takes over the second unit. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I wonder if a team's going to be desperate enough to take a chance on him because the Rockets were very desperate when they when they traded for him. Like they had nothing to lose. But at this point, I look at the NBA, I look at the like the, the league, and I don't really see anyone so desperate right now for a for a, like a head case like KPJ could be. Yeah, he's an insane person. Um, but you know, he's he's also young. He's twenty two years old. Like that is the nice thing with the Rockets; they're all young. Mm-hmm. except Eric Gordon, who's just hoping and praying. I watched him on the en- edge of the bench the other night, and he just looks so disinterested and just is, like, <laughs> trying to play well enough just to get traded to a playoff team. <laughs> like, that's all he wants. Can't hopefully blame he can get it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he gets it. I'll jump in on my team. Um, so, the Orlando Magic, last place in the NBA, definitely going for Victor. But there's a little more to it. You know, they aren't actually trying to lose that bad. Um, 
watching more of the Magic this year, uh, what's really stood out is that they have different lineups almost every game, and they just can't stay healthy. I think everyone on their team, besides maybe Franz Wagner, has missed significant time at, at some point or another this, this season. Um, and they have they still have Jonathan Eisen, who hasn't played a game this year. Not that I'm holding my breath, but um, you know, just just another player that they they could potentially uh, invest in going forward. And um, so it's kind of fun. You know, you get to see all these different lineups. Uh, they, they are having trouble scoring. Um, but uh, a few things have stood out. You know, number one, Paolo Ventura is, is the odds-on favorite to, to win the Rookie of the Year. And, you know, there's been some flash in the pans. You know, Matherin, um, you know, whoever else is, is making some, like, whoever other rookies are, are doing okay. Um, Paolo just looking like a man amongst boys as a rookie. So uh, so I think he's going to run away with that award. Um, you know, maybe they'll shut him down a little bit or, you know, give him fewer minutes towards the end of the, the year, you know, just to, to take it easy on him. But um, other than that, you know, there's been some other fun players. So Franz Wagner, I mentioned, he's looks he looks like a stud. So I would think, you know, to answer kind of my own question about the Rockets, you know, you have to keep Franz, you have to keep Paolo, and then – this is where it gets interesting. They just have to find one more player, and then they have a very solid core. Um, and then they also have the draft pick that could be number one next year. So I think um, I think next year they they're gonna, who knows maybe they'll be my pet team again. I'm, I'm buying in. Um, but like at, at, at like the guard position, they have Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, who just came back and already had a, a 20 point game. Um, I think he's only been back for about five games. So. You know, interested to see how he develops more. Um, right now, Suggs is hurt. And then Cole Anthony just came back, too, uh, like maybe like five, ten games ago, uh, from, him, from him having a few or an injury. So, like, those are three point guards, maybe shooting guards, that, um, you know, if one of those pop, boom. You have your guard, you have your small forward, you have your power forward. And then, you know, they have also the same thing going on at center right now with Bull Bull having his, his stretch. I'm not too much of a believer um in his you know his full breakout potential but he he's proven that he's pretty good um and maybe he'll be able to guard victor women next year better than anyone so he could find some value there unless they're on the same team um but really yeah so you're saying you're not a bowl lever (laughs) nice (laughs) had to not a bowl lever but like right now their centers are really mo wagner uh you know franz wagner's brother's also on the team and he's had two back-to-back Crazy good games. Um, let me see if I have that quick. So last two games, uh, 20 points, 19 points, 13 rebounds, 12 rebounds, three assists, four assists, two steals, one steal. So he, he's, he's, um, he's, have, you know, he's proven that he can be a kind of a bench big. Um, but then as far as, you know, upside looking forward, Bull Bull, Mo Bamba, and Wendell Carter, who's currently hurt. If one of them pop, then they have their center to go next to Pala. So, they're, they're really positioning themselves to have to make some of those tough decisions at the end of this year, but at least they have some players on their squad that yeah. can, can pop. But otherwise, you know, they don't have the veteran leadership to actually win any games. So I think they're in a good position to be good next year. Yeah, they, they're, they're missing one piece. What would be a – if you're the GM – what do you draft? Like, do you draft one? But yeah, like you, you have a glut of talent up front. Like, where, where do you go with them? 
Yeah, I think they could pick any position. And I say that because, you know, Paolo could be a, like a supersized small forward if for some reason they get, you know, a, a, a possible all-star power forward in the draft. Um, but Paolo can really flex between the three and the four. Mo Wagner, or no, sorry, Franz Wagner can really play anything between the two and the four. So I think that gives them their two best players that are very young and can really flex. So the idea would be to get Victor, put him next to Paolo and Franz, and that is that's actually <clears> a scary, <throat> scary group to think of in the in like three or four years. Um, but then you know, out of the point guards I named, none of them really pop as being like a, a sure thing. So well, that's I what I wanted really... to ask. Who do you, yeah. if you're the GM, who do you build around? Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs? Oh man, I would. I'm more of a, a Suggs guy. I know Cole Anthony. I think you know has had a better career, of course. Like today, he's proven that he can put up good stats. But he reminds me of kind of like a Ray Felton kind of player, where like fine, he can start, but he's not going to start on a winning team. Ray Felton, he doesn't get shouted out too often. Nice one. Yes, yeah, he, he doesn't, and he was the fifth overall pick. People don't forget. People don't forget. But um, I actually would love it. I, this is maybe just more of a personal thing, but I would love it if Marco Fultz could become that point guard. Um, I, he's got really good vision on the court. He he gets hurt, um, but he he can pass really well, and so uh, that would be that'd be great. And he was drafted number one overall partly because of his defense. So if he can get back to that type of player, then I think he could fit this roster roster really well. Yeah, John and I had a had a bet years ago about Markel Fultz being uh, number one overall pick, and I won. We didn't say uh, we didn't say if he was actually be good or not, or have uh, a total men- meltdown about shooting. But yeah, you know, here we. Are. I didn't think he would be the number one pick. So, in case you were wondering. <laughs> uh, well, what about your team, uh, John? Your 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 team's better position than my <laughs> Yeah. So uh, my pet team, the Kings, all, aka the Bean Team, uh, have been firing on all cylinders. Um, they've actually come back to earth. They went on an insane tear. I think they won like eight of ten or nine of eleven, something like that. But uh, they're six and four in their last ten. Come back to earth a little bit, but. They just have a good team, and they have a good, competent coach now. So it's fun to watch them play. Like, they move the ball. They play good team defense. And their starting five is is pretty stacked. Like, they can go up against anybody. Um, Malik Monk's been rejuvenated off the bench. He looks pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting for them what happens going forward. Cause I still think it was probably a mistake trading Halliburton for De'Aaron Fox, even though Fox is having a great year. No. Um, oh, just to, just to be able to make some room for Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, you know, they wouldn't, I don't think they'd be where they are. That's without, a bonus. Yeah. Well, that's a bonus. Exactly. He's having a, an awesome year too. So that's why it's tough. Right. But um, yeah, Herder <laughs> looks like a great pickup for them too. So like they've done everything right this year. It's just, if they can keep pacing, a crazy West um, that has the Pelicans on top. Right. So looks like this is kind of a good year to be a middling team with the Warriors, the Lakers, all these contenders struggling. If the Kings keep this up and stay uh, active and competitive, what do they need at the deadline? Like what, what, uh, what kind of skill or position they would need, John? 
I think they need a better center. Uh, Sabonis is good, obviously, but like, I think they should probably try to go after like Miles Turner, uh, and just reunite Sabonis and Turner. But hysterical. I think, I think they need like a defensive center who can grab rebounds too, because Keegan Murray's the other big guy, right? And he's like more of a finesse big, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I would say they need like a defensive-minded center who can grab boards. Turner, that would be so funny. They hated, like, they liked each other as people, but like, they did not fit together. Sabonis yeah, so you're probably not going to get them. But I, I, I don't know what other centers are available without thinking about it too well, too that, hard. That actually would be hysterical if they got brought back. <laughs> and you know who, um, like, fell off a cliff? I haven't seen a sighting of this, so let me know if you saw it. But Rashawn Holmes. I knew you he, were going to say that. But he was a defensive center. Like, he, he could be that defensive center. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Doesn't look like he plays that much, to be honest. No. He must, I mean, he honestly just must be bad. Yeah. I know he had, I know he had some sort of uh, off-the-court issues, too. So, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they, they have a weird depth chart. And, like, Alex Lenz on that team, too. Like, they – you're yeah. right, dude. They need they need somebody like uh you know I I have a question you guys might laugh and uh, would a Mason Plumley help them? Yeah, I think so. Me too. I, mean, I think that's what they need. They don't need a like a a center who like they can score. They're putting up the second most points in the league, like per game. So they don't need any more scoring. They just need defense and rebounding and help protect the paint because they're also letting up a ton of points. Yeah, Mason Pumley can dish the ball too. He can he can get like four assists. He, he's not he's not bad. Um, I've actually enjoyed watching a little a little of the Kings. I've seen. Um, I like watching Malik Monk this year. I know you could you know I know you shouted him out, but uh, you know just hearing you talk about it, it made me think like is he is he in the play for six men of the year? Yeah, Possibly. could be for sure. Yeah, and he's putting up did... fifteen points a game off the bench. So but yeah, that, that's fair. We didn't talk about the Red Rocket, uh, Kevin Herter. He's, yeah, uh, he's, he's he's playing great. Yeah, he finally got off the Hawks. He got a little more. Uh, he's being used, right? I feel like he wasn't getting used all that much on on the Hawks. They had a log jam, felt like there, but now he's uh, he's shining. So it was a good move by them. Yeah, very exciting. So moving into. Uh, next thing, Brendan, did did I hear that you uh, have a mystery player? Oh, it's mystery player time. Uh, we have a good one this this week. So, uh, just for if anyone missed it, we did it about uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. I don't want to tell you who it was, but that was uh, one of the better ones. So I had a lot to live up to uh, when putting this one together. But are you two ready to guess? And you all listening in, are you ready? Are you are you Think of think of the players. This is going to be a player from this season. I'm going to drop some statistics, maybe some off the field stats about them, and um, and we'll see how quickly Shane and Jono can get the player. So let me know. Are 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 y'all ready? Let's at do the, it at the edge of my seat. Okay, so I'll start off as I normally do with just some statistics. So this is the 2023 stats for um, for this player. 22 points per game 8.5 rebounds so 22 and 8.5 2.2 assists and 2.2 turnovers so that perfect one-to-one ratio right there um 
0.7 blocks and 0.6 steals. Okay, so we're looking at a scorer, gets a decent amount of rebounds, not much of a distributor, okay at defense in 34 minutes. So he's getting big minutes. Carl Anthony Towns. No. Okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, keep it. You, you get shots. You know, maybe we'll have to have it where you only get like three guesses. Yeah, minutes, I know. So we, yeah. Um, but we, we can talk about that. We don't want to change the rules in the middle of the season, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So uh, now a few other interesting things about this uh, this player. Um, he is seven feet tall, listed at seven feet, listed at 240 pounds. He's a big boy. Um, he is on his third NBA team, third NBA team. He, Ooh, this is a little fun one before I give you some, maybe that could, could help a little more, but this player fastest player in NBA history to a hundred career three-pointers 41 games 41 games 100 three-pointers and he's seven feet all right any 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 you feel anything right now i feel like i'll pause here before i get into some others where's your head where's your head at john seven feet oh man uh my head is in my beers from last night (laughs) yeah okay i'll give you some more um Wait, all right, here, here, here we go. Is oh, it? What are you, what are you... No, never mind. Okay, all right. So, um, all right, both of his parents were professional basketball players. Seven feet, makes some sense. The genes are there. Um, drafted seventh overall and never played for the team that drafted him. Only 25 years old. And uh, this is also makes sense. It goes along with the parents. But both of his brothers. It's Sabonis. Nope. Well, both, Sabonis of, both of his brothers went pro. One in basketball and one in soccer or football, as they call it, in their home country. Um, we, so at 25 years old, they already said, okay, um, he went to the University of Arizona. And I'm going to drop off some career highs here. So career high in points, 38 points. Career high in rebounds, 19. Career high in assists, only six. Career high in minutes, 54 minutes. That's wild. 54 um, minutes. Wow. 54 minutes career high. Eight three-pointers. And then both four steals and four blocks are his career highs. So pretty young player. Seven feet, um, averaging the most points per game of his career right now. Most minutes per game of his career right now. Third team, so bounce around a little bit for a 25-year-old. It's his first year on the team that he's on right now, and they traded for him in the offseason. It's not Gobert, is it? Not Gobert. He no. can't shoot. That's, that wouldn't make any sense. Oh. Arizona. Arizona. Okay. Went to Arizona. Go Yeah, seventh overall. To, oh, to the Timberwolves. Did I say that or no? He was drafted by the Timberwolves. No. Overall, never played for the Timberwolves. All right. He, in his home country, he's the five-time Player of the Year because he was a uh, 
professional before the NBA. I mean, it's not Kristaps Porzingis, but it's going to be somebody like that. I just can't fucking think. Um, hmm. University of Arizona has me like. Is it like marketing? Lori marketing? Oh, nice. Lori Good job. Marketing. Good job, John. <laughs> that's John it? Oh, yeah, that's Good it. job, John. Yeah. Yeah, nice. and can you believe he has the record for fastest? No, dude, that's what that's what threw me off. I was like, who? What? Yeah, I thought that Lauren. was Harrison Barnes for some reason. Lauren. I don't know why I thought that, but no, no, oh, yeah, not uh, yeah. Buddy Heald. I thought it was Buddy Heald of that record, but anyway, yeah, but seven seven foot finish. So he's the five time finished player of the uh, or finished you know player of the year. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's having a career year with the Jazz. So wanted to give him a quick shout out. There you go. That's a good one. Nice. Well, that was really good. Well done, guys. Well done. And hopefully you listen out there. Uh, might have done a little better than, than Shane and John out here. But just remember, <laughs> they're, on, they're on the hot seat. This is live here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so any last comments? I'm, I'm, uh, that, that's all I had for you for all today. No, that was a good one. That was a good one. That's a good way to end it. Um, have a good weekend, boys. Yeah. Enjoy, everyone. Happy holidays coming up. Be safe. Yep. Happy holidays. See you next week. See everyone yeah. next week.